This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by the co-managers of the Chicago Fire's Inside Sales Academy, Carlos Ames and Sam Bakken. After a career in ticket sales with the New York Mets, Carlos was tapped to start the Fire's Sales Academy last year. Sam is also a graduate of the Mets Sales Academy and came to Chicago within the past five months to assist Carlos in growing the MLS in Chicago. In their role, Carlos and Sam are responsible for hiring new sales reps and training them to sell individual, group, and season ticket packages. In this episode, Sam and Carlos discuss how inside sales work in professional sports, why having the courage to leave home can accelerate your sports career, and advice for students looking to break into sales. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, joining me today on the Center for Sports Studies podcast from the Chicago Fire Sales Academy, we've got Carlos Ames and Sam Bakken. Carlos, Sam, great to have you guys with us. Thanks, Brandon. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, Brandon. Thank you for having us. Well, it's my pleasure. And as we were just kind of talking about off air a little bit, I'm excited to have you guys on specifically to talk about the Sales Academy because, you know, we have a lot of students who are interested in working in sports. I think sales is a great place to start and, and frankly, to have a career, not not just as a, a way to kind of get your foot in the door, but a way to actually have a really great long career in sport. And one of the ways to do that is to start with the team in their sales academy and kind of work your way up. So before we do that, though, I want to hear from both of your backgrounds and where you came from, jobs that led you to what you're doing now with the fire. So um, let's start with with Carlos, since since he's the manager, I guess, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Um, yeah, one of the co-managers here with the Chicago Fire. I was originally born and adopted from Guatemala. Uh, I don't talk about that too much, but I'm getting more comfortable uh, with it and. I grew up in Williamstown, Massachusetts, a really small town community, uh, college town, um, middle of nowhere kind of too. Like without the college, there's not a whole lot uh, you know, to see other than the mountains. But uh, for me, I like, grew up playing sports, met some of my closest friends playing sports. Um, really, again, being a lifelong athlete and a competitor, like sports have been a part of my identity since I can remember. Grew up playing baseball and squash competitively. So for people that don't know what squash is, it's not just a vegetable. It's it's also a <laughs> sport. Also just made the Olympics in 2028. So really excited about that. But um, yeah, ended up uh, being recruited to play uh, collegiate squash at Bates College in Lewiston, Maine. One of the little Ivy League schools. I'm you know proud graduate. And um, there I was a philosophy major. I was a religious studies minor. Always kind of knew from a young age, I think when I gave up baseball, that I wanted to work in professional sports. And for that first year out of college between 2017 and 2018, didn't have a job. It was, it was kind of tough because all my friends had you know, landed their dream jobs. And I was kind of left like, again, I knew sports was very competitive. We didn't have sports management majors, but I knew that I wanted to work in professional sports. So I really spent that you know year out of school networking, tapping into family, my family network, my professional network, every, anybody that works in sports that I could. And ended up about a year later in April of 2018 being hired by my my favorite team growing up in baseball with the New York Mets. I did inside sales for about seven months, uh, was promoted to the account executive level, uh, and I was on a group sales and service team, primarily selling new business groups. So things like families, businesses, camps, nonprofits, schools, things like that. And I've always been like the friend in my group that's brought people together. Um, so 
you know, for me, it was kind of like a, a natural transition. Saw a lot of success, you know, selling for the Mets. I worked there for five and a half years. My last two seasons, I was one of the top sellers across the entire floor and always knew I wanted to, to get into leadership pretty early on. So about a year ago, almost a year ago today in March, um, landed this position as co-inside sales manager here at the fire. What was hired to be the first inside sales manager in this organization's history. And, and I've had a lot of fun. I mean, this has been the furthest I've been away from home, but I, I really love the city of Chicago. It's a cleaner New York. And uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I can't complain. I really couldn't see myself working or living anywhere else in the country right now. So that's a little bit about me. I'll go next, I guess. So uh, my name is Sam Bakken. I'm the other co-inside sales manager over here with the Chicago Fire. I uh, didn't have the illustrious athletic background that Carlos had, but I went to the University of Iowa. I'm from Des Moines, Iowa, originally. was a journalism major for about a week, and then I realized that I didn't really want to do a lot of writing, so found sports management. So wanted to give a huge shout-out to all the professors uh, along the way, especially in sports management that gave me the opportunity uh, to get my path into sports and uh, worked for our athletic department and the marketing sector for three years, loved it, did everything from running social media to shooting the t-shirt done. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then sales kind of just found me as a, as a way to, you know, get into the industry fast and, and to grow my career exponentially. So right after I graduated, that's kind of when COVID hit. So there weren't a lot of teams to hire people to fill up the stadium when you couldn't have fans in the stadium. So Went back into grad school, got my master's degree in sports management. And then in December of 2021, got an offer to work for the New York Mets and their sales team. So it was a little bit of a culture change, as you can imagine. You know, Iowa and New York are a little little different places. So uh, it was it was interesting, but knew that I didn't want to get sent back to Iowa on the wrong terms. So I wanted to be the hardest working person possible. So found a good friend of mine to this day who was in my inside sales class and said that it was going to be me and him to, to make it out of there. So, you know, within four or five months, I was the top inside sales performer, won the inside sales rep of the year in 2022, got promoted to the new business team, which if you're not familiar with new business, it's pretty much season tickets is uh, the main focal point. And within a year and a half, I was the top performer on the sales floor, uh, won the new business rep of the year. And then Three, two and a half, three months ago, got this opportunity to be co-inside sales managers with Carlos. And obviously we have a, a great relationship working with each other in New York. So it's uh, it's been a great ride so far. So, And I'm excited for the season to start. So that's a little bit about me. So I think what jumped off the page when I was looking at both of your guys' backgrounds and, you know, Sam, I think I'll start with you because you hit on it. And, and Carlos, you talked about it too. I mean, you're coming all the way out from Iowa to take a job in New York City, right? Night and day, being a being a Midwest kid myself. So, you know, I talk a lot about that with our students. Hey, you want to work in sports, you've got to be willing to move because, you know, there's just not a lot of jobs in Des Moines or yeah, Dubuque. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's just not a lot of jobs in, in Des Moines, Iowa, right? So, you know, what was what was that like to make a big leap to New York? And then, you know, Carlos, if you want to talk about, you know, coming all the way from the Northeast and now to, to Chicago, what's that transition like? And, you know, do you feel that it's worth it? So it was probably the hardest thing that I've ever done, but it was also the most rewarding thing that I've ever done because if I didn't do it, I wouldn't have the career that I've had so far. Um, you know, it, it's definitely difficult to be at a place that you're not familiar with really far away from all your friends and family, but that's how you get out of your comfort zone, right? 
Um, and I think the fastest way to move around in sports or to move up is to be open to moving around. And that's not just with sales, but that's with anything. I mean, look at how many different coaches, for example, bounce between city to city, right? So uh, I think that's uh, one of the things that helps you focus on your career a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with Sam a lot. And it's really interesting because we're both in like opposite positions than what we were you know, just in. So for me, I, I always grew up, I grew up going to New York a lot for squash tournaments and family weekends. And uh, we have a lot of uh, family friends that have apartments in the city and stuff. So very familiar with the city. That was a very easy move for me. Again, Des Moines and Williamstown are kind of similar in the sense, like you kind of have to branch out to one of the big cities, either the Midwest or the East coast to really get your career started. And that's not a bash at anybody that, you know, works out there. My parents, you know, work in the surrounding towns, but for me, like, again, sports is so limited. Like, you have to move to one of those major cities to, to start your career um, and in a lot of ways advance it. Um, on the flip side, when I moved to Chicago, like, opposite for me, like, I I have a, a much smaller network in Chicago. Um, a lot of my family, and again, like I said, my personal network's in New York on the East Coast, but I really saw it as an opportunity for personal and professional growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm such a big believer on, like, betting on yourself, stepping outside of your comfort zone as much as and as frequently as you can, because that's really what, what sales is in a lot of ways. It's just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and I've loved seeing a different part of the country, living in the Midwest. People are just naturally, they call it the Midwest nice. They're very friendly and it's, it's really easy to make friends and meet people. So yeah, I, I've, I've, you know, it's been a year and I've, I've seen a lot of growth, like I said, personally and professionally, it just what feels like a short amount of time. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there. You're talking about career growth and, you know, both of you guys were at the Mets. You know, there's no guarantee you're going to be a manager there. I mean, you might have managers there who are there for a long time. And so you may have to move. I mean, one, just like you guys did to get your opportunity, get your start. But then two, to advance your career, um, you may have to be willing to move. So those are both great points. Now, talk to us about the Sales Academy and specifically, I mean, you guys had great experience there in, in New York. And I've gotten to know uh, Tyler and Jimmy over there a little bit. And they're great guys and, and run a great academy. So you could talk about that, but also about with the Chicago Fire, probably specifically. Like, what is that? You know, if a student's interested in getting their start in sports sales and they go into the academy, you know, what are they doing? What can they expect? And then from there, once they're done, what are their opportunities? What people can expect is a lot of training and a lot of investment personally and professionally into the person. Sam and I very much care about our reps. We want them to succeed. What's really cool about inside sales is it's an entry-level sales position. It's a nine-month program here with the fire. And we teach sales process. We coach and we teach on technique, all that, all that good stuff. There's no higher sales skills that's needed or required for this kind of position being an entry-level. Um, so a lot of the people that we're overseeing and managing are, are people that are you know pretty fresh out of college and, and just starting their uh, professional career. So with that comes there needs to you know at least in my opinion there needs to have a lot of coaching guidance and that's you know our inside sales program big emphasis on on the training and development. We have a really top tier leadership team I believe that we've all been top sellers and uh, high performing reps for our respective cities and our like respective teams in the past. So like. We've seen the success and, you know, it's really our job to kind of pay it back and, and teach um, the next wave of sports sales superstars. So, yeah, I, that's really what excites me is like we're whether it's an internal or external promotion, we're going to try and help advance people's career to where they want to go. Yeah. And I think the, the training happens every day. Right. And there may not be breakout sessions that we do every day, but there's going to be active coaching, you know, and 
one of my favorite things to do is to walk around when people make calls and I, if I see someone, you know, hang up the phone with a little defeated, I'll call us and myself will always ask them like, Hey, talk to us about that phone call that you just had and try and coach him to how it can be better. Right. So I don't think the purpose of inside sales is to get out of inside sales. I think the purpose of inside sales is to get out of it and hit the ground running. Right. Mm-hmm. And to feel that you're confident to not only take that next step, but to be elite at that next step. So that's what we try to make sure our reps feel like. And to take that a step further, like we go on a lot of sales meetings with our reps when they're first starting out. Like we run the meeting, we show them our process, and then we do takeaways after. And hopefully they, they can learn and get to a spot. They will get to a spot where they can do these meetings on their own. But very, Sam and I are very much in the weeds with our team. And uh, whether it's listening to calls or going on sales meetings, we're doing that as much as we can. Now, we've lot, talked to a lot of people who are kind of more starting in the inside sales and doing the day-to-day and all the cold calling and things. I don't know how much we've talked on this podcast. I think this is like episode 70 or something. How many? How much we've talked with like managers. So for your guys' role specifically, are you doing a little bit more like mentoring and coaching? Is that the majority? And obviously recruiting and hiring probably. I'm assuming that's the majority of your day. Are you working the phones and, and doing sales as well? Or is it just mostly kind of, you know, mentoring and, and training? Yeah, it's definitely a combination of all that mentoring, coaching, managing. Like, I, I know Sam, at least I, I think Sam would agree. Like, we don't really look at ourselves as managers. more. We more so look at ourselves as, as coaches, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're trying to, you know, train and coach just like a, an athlete would, right? Like, we're teaching the process. We're they're giving feedback on a call. Because like, that's the cool thing about our position is, like, Anything that our reps hear on the phone or in an in-person meeting, chances are that Sam and I have heard the same thing and we can use our experience or at least use our judgment based off experience to, to make help them make like an informed decision. So yeah, it's a combination of all of that, but we definitely don't leverage our title to any specific advantage. If anything, like we're, at least I look at myself as like an, an older brother figure to... Yeah, and recruiting is also a big part of it too, but... You know, we want to make sure that we're spending most of our focus on the people that are in the building with us, you know. Um, so that's that's probably what I would say there. So I'd say it's probably 75, 25 on the managing versus recruiting side. Both are equally important. It's just where we deviate our time. Let me ask you this, because you said, you know, you have some people who've come who maybe didn't have an interest in sales or maybe they didn't even have a sports management background, but obviously they caught your eye somehow. So you're out recruiting. I know you've been involved with the National Collegiate uh, sports sales competition. So what type of person is the fire looking to hire specifically with the Inside Sales Academy? Yeah, I mean, I think we're looking for someone who's who's hardworking. I mean, I think people will say a lot of times, like find the personality and you can always teach the skill. And I think that's yeah. uh, what sales is. So, you know, there's there's three intangibles that people can control every day that no one can coach. And one thing that I firmly believe is, you know, your your hard work or your work ethic your positive attitude that you can bring every day and your level of coachability, right? And that's not just what the fire are looking for, but that's probably what any sales academy is going to be looking for. And those are things that only you can control. Like Carlos and myself can instill that into somebody. So as long as you have those types of intangibles, you know, the sky's the limit. So how do you get noticed by a team? I think that's some of the feedback I get from students. It's just hard to kind of get you know, I mean, you know, you guys are going to put out a job posting and you're going to get 400 resumes like that. Right. So what are some of the things that students need to do specifically, you know, if they want to get into sports sales that they can do to get noticed and cut through some of that, I guess, minutia of all these resumes and applications that you guys are accepting? Yeah, the, the reality is this is a, it's a very highly competitive industry. 
Um, there's thousands of people that apply for these roles every single day. And I think it's really important, again, to differentiate yourself and whether that's gaining real world experience um, through on campus. Uh, for me specifically, I was a sports information assistant at Bates. All my best friends were on the soccer team and I was basically like at games, like logging notes, tracking the score. And while that wasn't specifically, wasn't specifically sales experience, like it showed that I was making the effort to learn more and get experience. So I think background and resume, background's important, like, but it's more so like everyone wants to work in sports, but are you actually making the effort going the extra mile to actually get experience and not just say, because that's one of the things is we're looking for the best employer. We're not looking necessarily for the biggest sports fan. So experience, again, we, we were very understanding that when you're in college, there's only so much experience you can get. But what I look for specifically is if, if people are actually putting those actions. Yeah, just at least making the attempt. You know, and I think, Carlos, that's a great story, you know, getting involved with your SID. And, you know, I think just about every college in the country, their SID would take any help, whether it be free help or anything else. Um, and that's a great way to get that experience and, and uh, get that on your resume. Again, this is something I tell my students. So if I'm wrong, this is a great time for you to push back on me. Is there any differences between selling like soccer to football to baseball to basketball you know, I, I get students who like grow up and like, I'm a huge NBA fan. I only want to work in the NBA. And if I don't work in the NBA right out of college, I'll never get my opportunity. And I'll say, well, you know, you might have an opportunity working with the fire and learning some of these skills and they're going to be transferable, you know, to a thing like basketball. So are they the same? Are there some different differences? What have you guys experienced starting in baseball and now coming over to soccer? Well, I would say the biggest difference is well, the number of games, for sure, you know, uh, 81 games versus 18 home matches, I believe we have. Um, secondly, you know, we're not as big name as some of the the baseball teams or, you know, football teams out there, you know, like the uh, soccer is just not as most popular for sports. So what we're really doing more often is focusing on selling the experiences around coming to our matches, especially because we're trying, we're at a stage right now where we're trying to expose as many people to our product as possible, right? So it's like, how can we get creative? How can we ensure that fans are having a great time when they're coming out to our matches? And, you know, it's it's not as easy as, you know, you being able to say the sports team and people immediately resonate that. So uh, that's probably one of the biggest differences. Yeah. The sales skills and the sales process, that carries over from sport to sport, which is awesome. I look back on my experience and I was very thankful to start with, a, you know, again, I was a diehard Mets fan growing up. So I'm kind of hypocritical for saying this, but it's really not so much about the team you work for, but it's more about the people and the leaders. You want leaders that have a proven track record of success in their roles, developing people's careers, and just people that care about you, right? And so I was very fortunate to have both when I was at the Mets at the time. And we don't sell wins and losses, to Sam's point. We sell experiences. And so it sometimes pays to, to sell for a losing team because that really teaches you the skill set. Because anybody can pick up the phone and answer phone, the, you know, the phones when uh, the team is doing well and take orders. But you really want to sell when the team is not doing well because that's not that's that's an impressive thing to do. It's not easy. So we're very understanding that you know soccer is is still, in my opinion, it's close if not peaking right now. It's really blowing up, but you know it, it's still you know in the shadows to some degree um, from some of the other big sports. So it's a little bit of a tougher sell, I'd say. But you know Sam and I and we're very accustomed to it. We feel like we can really coach and train our reps to do it. So. How long has the sales academy been around for the fire? Our inside sales program is uh, is very it's still very new. We started okay. last March. I started a week like March seventh, I think, 
And then a week later, we had our first inside sales class start. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, we're coming up on a year in just a couple of weeks. So it's exciting, but it's not as uh, established as some of the other teams out there. Okay. Because it does feel like some of these sales academies or inside um, sales classes, they're still kind of in their infancy, you know, when you think about kind of the history of sport. So, you know, with the Chicago firing, I think it's great because you've kind of got to mold this kind of maybe in your image a little bit, Carlos, and now Sam coming in and, and helping with that. What do you guys think that you do well, maybe as compared to other teams or just if you don't want to compare yourself, maybe what are some th some of the things you just kind of hang your hat on and just have points of pride specifically with the fire? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into any comparisons, but one thing I think Carlos and myself pride ourselves on is the level of coaching that we try to give to each single one of our reps, right? And, uh, you know, I feel like we ask each other every day, you know, like, what can we do to make sure that we're putting them in a position to be successful, right? And it's 100%, you know, you get out what you put in, so... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the more that we are able to essentially give give to them, you know, we'll know that they'll be in positions to be successful. So uh, I would say that the level of coaching um, and we honestly just love to have fun while we're here. You know, I mean, this is uh, not uh, a typical nine to five job. Like we work for a professional sports team and, you know, being in sales, you know, you want to make sure that you're you're having a great time and enjoy the product that you're selling, even if there's not wins and losses on the pitch. But, you know, that's some of the things that we pride ourselves on. Yeah, there's a few things that come to mind um, over the past year. You know, we've had a few, like six, I think, inside sales classes come through the doors uh, of the Chicago Fires inside sales program so far. Four or five of them were promoted in, you know, what seems like a pretty quick time frame. So three to four months. And I think that's pretty unique in our business. Like, you know, they stepped in, you know, there's, that's what's really exciting. I think about and unique about the fires. There is for people that come in, um, there's an immediate impact that they can make. They can drive results, drive revenue, but also see, uh, you know, what feels like short-term career growth and not a lot of time. And yeah, that's been really exciting. And some of these, you know, reps that I'm referring to are top performers for the entire sales force. So people that are, you know, again, have been here for maybe a year or less. And, you know, we have reps that have been here for X amount of years. So that's really exciting is knowing that, you know, Sam and I have played a part in people's growth and development. Um, in a short amount of time, we had 60,000 fans for the October 4th game against Inter-Miami last year, which was a record in MLS and mm -hmm. attendance. So that was really exciting. That was obviously a highly anticipated match. But to see all that come to fruition, all the months of hard work, just the, all the stands filled up with great energy, the, the fire one, quarter one, that was something that, you know, I, um, you know, I pat myself on the back as just playing a, a minimal, small role in that. Um, and then our leadership team too, um, kind of talked about like surrounding yourself with really great leaders and mentors. My, you know, my, uh, VP Jake Winowich was actually my, uh, my, my boss in New York for five years. So he was our senior director of group sales, someone that, um, I know believes in me and I really believe in him as a leader. Um, uh, and we have a really great working relationship and personal relationship. And then Dave Baldwin, who's the president, um, at the top of the food chain here, he uh, he started his career out in inside sales, actually, and he was recently just in the Forbes under 40 list for the Sports Business Journal this year. So I was hearing stories about Dave when I was in inside sales, about how well connected he is, how you know much success he's seen in the, in the industry in a short amount of time. And for me, again, Jake and Dave are some of the best leaders, I think, in this business. And um, it was really a no-brainer for me to, to want to continue to work with them. So if I'm a new rep coming in to the Inside Sales Academy there with Chicago Fire, what can I expect? What would a day-to-day -day kind of workday look like? 
Yeah. So outside of the, the typical onboarding, when a new rep comes on, it's uh, it's a lot of calls, you know, uh, emails, touch points, you know, booking meetings, completing meetings. Hopefully those meetings lead, lead to sales. Right. It's, uh, you know, the, the day to day is pretty straightforward. Um, and while you're going throughout your day to day, you know, expect Carlos and myself to, to be coaching you and helping you without each and every single call that you're making. Right. So um, that's what I would say that uh, the day to day is like. Yeah, picking up the phone. We call it smiling and dialing over here. Um, so connecting with fans, trying to get them excited about the fire, you know, trying to spark up a conversation about soccer, get, getting them excited. And the goal of the phone call that we teach and coach on is not necessarily to sell tickets, but to build a relationship, build a rapport with someone, uh, and then ultimately, you know, get an in-person meeting set. And that's when we, we like to, again, you know, get people down to Soldier Field, have them test drive the seats, give them that private VIP walkthrough. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. So we're trying to set meetings and build relationships with people. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And then what are they usually doing on game day? I'm assuming maybe they're kind of servicing accounts and shaking hands, kissing babies, things like that. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, we entertain clients. Like we do seat visits. Um, reps also can invite prospective clients out to matches so we can give away complimentary tickets, basically set a meeting at the stadium before the match. And we'll do um, like a happy hour type of event before the match. Some, you know, light food and drink. A couple of our executives will speak. Jake, sometimes Dave, sometimes somebody from our, like our, our soccer operations department. And then we also have like sales booths. So sales tables. So when people are walking around the stadium asking questions or needing to find their seat or needing to figure something out, our reps can be resources for people and strike up conversations and, and try and, you know, generate revenue in the match. So. And we're basically just ensuring that people are having a great time and also trying to find opportunities where we can continue to grow the fire fan base. And so for those students, and this will be, um, I guess, the thing we can, can wrap up on for those students who are getting ready to go to Atlanta for the sports sales championship or participated virtually back in November. And now they're will, they're ready to start applying and, and reaching out to teams. What advice would you give them maybe kind of start with with the atlanta piece so they're going to be going and in, in, uh, competing into the national championship you know what advice would you give them as they compete and then you know just for students who who are applying for jobs right now like what do they need to be doing to break into sales yeah as someone who is uh in those students shoes around three years ago uh and now sitting here now getting ready to actually we just booked our flight to atlanta it's funny right. you said that. so uh please put yourself out there, right? Like uh, I always use the phrase, you don't get what you don't ask for, right? So, mm. you know, if you're not willing to put yourself out there, I mean, this isn't the right industry for you to begin with, right? So this is an opportunity for you to showcase your skills in front of all the professional sports organizations that are going to be there. I mean, there, there's tons of uh, tons of them that are going to be going. So uh, it's an amazing opportunity. You know, if, if you're not willing to put yourself out there, you're doing yourself a disservice. And at the end of the day, you have nothing to lose, right? Unless you already have a job offer from some teams, like this is your opportunity to shine. So that's what I'd say. I totally agree. Yeah, nothing to lose, but everything to gain. Um, this could be the start of someone, you know, your career. So, you know, do your homework on employers, do your homework on leaders to a certain extent. You don't need to know everything or their life story, but, you know, know enough where you can, you know, not sound creepy, but, you know, reference something. <laughs> And yeah, just put yourself out there and bet on yourself, right? Like if you're making the trip down to Atlanta, like participate, ask for feedback, make a really good impression with everybody you speak with. And if you can connect with people, like hiring managers beforehand, you know, go for it, do it. Yeah, big believer in, in just stepping outside of your comfort zone as cliche as it, said, as it sounds and go for it, right? If nothing to lose, but everything to gain, believe in yourself. 
So last, last question then, because you brought something up that I, I also have students ask about a lot. When you say like reach out to those hiring managers, what's the best way to do it? Is it is it email? Is it LinkedIn? Um, like how do managers, especially you know you guys there in management positions, prefer that a student reaches out to you to kind of start that kind of networking component of that's so important to work in sport? I would say everyone's a little bit different, but I I think LinkedIn is the best way to do it. I mean, okay. you can look up exactly that person's role and and know exactly what organization they're working for and be able to you know connect with them and, and make a personalized message there if you personalize your message instead of just blindly connecting with people i mean we're going to look at it right whether you know we, we accept it or not so that's it. it's the best way for you to throw up a shot is what i would say email linkedin for me like you know i'm, I'm always a believer in being respectful of people's time and so there's something to get out in respect of like a cold, like a cold call. But I think the professional thing to do is, is an email. Again, LinkedIn, we're also connected nowadays. But yeah, like make a personalized or customized message. Know that not every message will be read or you can get back to everybody. But if you can like stay a little bit persistent while still maintaining professionalism and respect, um, you know, you'll start to build familiar, familiarity with people and it can, it can benefit you and, and you can connect with the person. So, because that's realistically what you're going to be doing in a role, right? There's, there's a level of persistence yeah. and tenacity that you have to have. So, you know, if you just get one cold email or LinkedIn message and you don't respond, like, or you don't follow up, like, how is that going to translate to the actual position? I love it. Professional persistence. It's um, it's yeah. like you've been to one of my classes. So uh, I, I love it. Well, um, Sam Bacham, Carlos Ames, managers of the Inside Sales Academy at the Chicago Fire. Um, guys, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Awesome. Hey, Brandon. Thank you. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for your time, Brandon. This is a pleasure. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to check out our next episode on March 22nd, as we talk with the operations manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, Morgan Patrico. As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating if you like what you heard. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also, be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and X at Trine CSS, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.